Hello, guys. Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. And this is great because I'm doing a face to face interview for the first time in a, what seems like a while because I was doing the Darwin Festival stuff. I was here, I was there, I was everywhere uh, recording lectures for you guys to enjoy. And today uh, it's great that I'm sat with a friend, um, James Locke, who we've, we've done work together at the prison. Uh, but he's also a very, very talented DJ. Now, I like to cover all aspects of sort of uh, culture and, and, and bits around Shropshire that I think are really important to talk about. And I feel like the life of a DJ is one of those things that we should definitely discuss. Uh, so, James, thank you for, for coming on the show, man. Pleasure. No problem. Anytime. Um, I'm not really getting... I'm not hearing you for some reason. Um, what is going on? There we go. Give me some audio. Is that saying? Hey. Whoa, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Sack of the room, now. Yeah. Maybe I have to do a quick edit there. Maybe not. Maybe get to see the life of a podcaster. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, where do you hail from originally? Are you? I'm from Shrewsbury. Yeah, uh, Holskett and Shrewsbury. Well, he farm. He farm in Shrewsbury. Yeah, I grew up there. So um, I was there probably oh, 20, 22, 23 years with uni. As well. I went to uni as well in Cardiff and worked in Ipswich as well for a bit as well for British Telecom. So um, yeah, so oh, that was my right. that was my main sort of home though. So Shrewsbury, um, mm. fond memories there growing up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved it. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, lots of friends on the estate. Uh, we used to have a, a cul de sac opposite. We used to play a lot in there with lots of friends playing football, that sort of thing, you know, curbsy and all that sort of game, you know, play all that sort of thing. It seems so, like uh, we were just we were chatting about our youth and how things change and stuff like that. And yeah. um, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, you know, <laughs> we were just told to go out and play, go out and play, go oh, yeah. find a stick yeah, 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 or go yeah. build a den or yeah. something like that. And um, I'm, I'm finding the questions that we were, so we were going to right. talk about. Um, uh, and yeah, the, now kids have got like the Xboxes and the YouTubes yeah, and like, things like that, you know. But I mean, as, as bad as it might be, there's a lot of creativity there as well. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just a different generation, I think. You know, like you said, we, we'd go out, I'd probably be out to like, in the summer, probably 10 o'clock after 10 at night. And as long as I came back by that time, it was great. If I didn't... You're in trouble. Oh, I was in trouble. Big time. Oh, we've all been there of me when you didn't get back home on time. I nearly called the police. Oh. <laughs> I nearly had the helicopters looking at me. You're grounded. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, my mum was a, a, a cockney and very quite outspoken, quite loud. And I remember a time I was quite late home and I was probably, I don't know, 600 yards down the road. And my mum caught wind of me and I heard her every single word to say I had to come home right now. <laughs> and I'm not going into detail, but it was quite loud. And I left my cousin's house. He was up the top of the street. I was like, okay, I've really got to go now. So, um, yes. So. The call of the mother. The call of the mother, yes. Yeah. Um, we're here, obviously, to talk about about music and, and your, your journey yeah. for yeah. music. Have you always been into music? Is it, music has always been a thing for Yeah, you? I think so. Um, my dad... Um, he wasn't like a huge musician, but he had like one of those old, you know, the big organs used to have stand up organs. So you'd have like um, the two layer thing with like the little two little buttons and it make like the green sleeves and when the saints go marching in, things like that. He was yeah. all, he'd learn those. And I think I was always quite intrigued by it and I'd always have a go on it. And, um, and funny enough, I always used to turn the tempo up. I don't know why. I just, I just used to. So I don't know if there was a little bit of an inkling there. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. The sort of thing. I'd like my dad would be playing like green sleeves. I'd be trying to try and play it twice the tempo, sort of thing. So I think, yeah, I was always intrigued by it. I think. Um, yeah, that's, that's so really... as time went on, yeah, 
So um, me, too, I feel like music caught me late. I mean, I've always been into music, but I remember years when it comes to like editing, like what yeah. I do now and stuff. Yeah, and what I'm looking right now um, behind, behind James is, is a computer with lots of um, lots of dials, knobs, and on things on the screens and the editing software. But there was this game for the PlayStation years and years and years ago called Music. Yes, I don't know if you remember it, and yes. you can make your own music. And you literally <laughs> just drag and click and snip, and That's you, it. you can literally make your own tracks. But the problem with that was everything was copywritten, so you couldn't release any music music from it it was all sound no. bites that were um but that to me I, I look back at that now and think oh, that's where that comes from huh yeah, yeah. they released a game and taught kids uh you know in i don't know 97 98 something like that yeah yeah that. yeah um how to edit music that's pretty cool well it was i mean it was all based on um loops it was either like you said you've got a sample from a, a film or a or a, a music loop from somewhere and um and you'd, and you'd play it back or a drum loop and you play it over the top and you're just layering things together and um and that's similar to what the, the process is now. It's not changed that much. It's just obviously the text got better and the and the sound you can create and the things you can do has got more um, high tech sort of things. I remember I was I was recording a liner for the uh, for the radio, and there's one of the, I always make these stupid jokey things for the radio that I play, and uh, one of them is a, an alien and he, he's like he's listening to see if the Earth is worth saving and he listens into my show. <laughs> and I'm going, hey, hey, welcome to Nordic Talk, and he goes, no, no way, and he blows up the Earth. And yeah. I was like, I can't find a good explosion, so I just went. <laughs> <laughs> down the thing and dragged yeah. it and, extor- and distorted yeah, yeah, it and it yeah. sounded perfect sometimes you can just yeah. make it it's crazy how you can do stuff like that I've heard of people making um, like rain and they like they've got like a spoon on a cup and just tink the cup or they <laughs> or they've had like whoosh sound like, and they've like stirred a couple of tea or something and they've used that whoosh sound and then mm. built it up and yeah, a lot of, a lot of signs are made from like really simple elements. Yeah, talking to a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah, yeah, you could reverse it. You could add echo to it. You know, you can do anything. It's good to fun. It, so. it's where, good where does it start for you though? This obviously we play music with with your dad and your yeah. Actually, like making your own music. Right. How, where okay. does that start? Okay, so so um, when I started off, I was probably I think when I was, I was going to the college. So I was going to probably. Probably 15, 16, I was going to college. And actually, previous to that, when I was in school, so I, was in the, I went to the Grange and we had a music teacher there. And he had a lot of sort of synthesizers and different bits of kit. And I was always quite intrigued by them. I always wanted to try and see what sounds I could get out of them. It was the, it was the thing I didn't, I didn't like regular instruments. I wasn't that keen on drums, piano, trumpets, whatever else. Here's a recorder. No thanks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> great. Put a bit of wind in it. That's about it, really. So. So what I wanted to do was basically see what sounds I could get out of these other things. But obviously I didn't know the theory, so I didn't know how to put them together and didn't know how to do stuff with them. So um, the teacher would help me. He'd, he'd go through it and still I was still learning. But then it, as time went on, I was still sort of intrigued by it. And then when I went to college, I started a BTEC in engineering. A friend of mine came in with a tape and the tape was the Prodigy experience. Uh. So I was like, oh, what's this? This is quite good. So then I got into the whole sort of rave thing, and then I sort of think, think, well, how is he? How is Liam? He's the producer. How is he making these sounds? How is he doing these things? How is he doing all this? So that got me more intrigued then. So I was already had a sort of basis, and that, and that built it up even more. So then I started buying a magazine called Future Music. Uh, I got hold of a program on for the Atari ST. If you remember the Atari ST called uh, TCB Tracker, which was a bit similar to what you said with the music program for yeah. PlayStation. You lay down loops, you put things together. So I started building tracks with that, and then I put a little tape together, and I showed a friend, and I went, have a listen to that, see what you think. And he went, yeah, it's all right. Oh, got a phone, phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Right, mate. 
That's how it happens, isn't it? That's how it happens. <laughs> you know, this technology is amazing. Um, uh, when you're like, oh, yeah, I got Bluetooth from a mix it until someone calls. <laughs> so calls or relax the stuff. Thank you, SGF banners. My banners are ready. I want to Yeah, well done, it. SGF banners. Yeah. Good, cracking job. Great, great, great. <laughs> So yeah, you got the you got this 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 yeah, so dinosaur old age piece of equipment that you can use on the computer from yes uh, from the dark ages. Correct. So I started off with that. Uh, started building tracks with that. Um, I gave it to a friend who was funny. I've had the album, so he's into sort of all the rave thing, which I was sort of get, gradually getting into as well. So then I thought, well, okay, I can only take this so far. And then I sort of, as I was at college, I started going raving as well. So I went to um, Club Kinetic in Stoke and I went to Milton Keynes. I was getting into all that as well. So the whole sort of rave scene, the whole sort of that music side thing was building up and I was finally getting, getting more and more into it. So I then decided, well, if I'm going to make better stuff, I've got to start doing some research. So I started buying the Future Music magazine, started buying that, looking at all the background, all the latest kit, who was making what, Roland, Korg, Yamaha, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then invested in a better keyboard, which is what they called a workstation, which was sort of like an all-in-one keyboard. So it, it had a sequencer and everything, uh, effects and everything built into one unit. And it was quite expensive. My dad had to help me out with it. <laughs> but um, I said to him it was an investment rather than a purchase. I'm not sure I will quite, be world famous. I'm not sure if he quite believed me, but you know, so it, it was all right. Um, <laughs> so I started writing stuff on that and then gradually built it up from there. Again, as I was doing it, I was going to more raves. I was seeing sort of learning how sort of people responded, what sort of sounds people liked. Um, you know, oh, they like that drop, or they like, oh, they like that kick, or they like that arrangement. So I was, I was gradually building the tracks on that as well, listening to more rave stuff, listening to more prodigy stuff, listening to other artists, and that sort of enjoy um, alternate all those sort of people. Mm. Um, all the sort of 90s stuff all the youngsters are going to go who who what are you on about entrance yeah entrance yeah so listen to all those and um, and picking up the, and, and learning how they're putting that stuff together so I did that uh, and then gradually bought more and more kit as I was paying one bit of kit off I was buying another so I bought a drum machine I bought a sampler I bought a, a th another synth I'm finding it really hard to let go let go of kit and yes I've got yes too many microphones now I could yes. probably sell on and I'm like but they're mine. <laughs> yes. you know, it's really yes. hard. It's great having this, and I love having this sort of virtual, but it doesn't beat having, when I used to have like three or four keyboards racked up. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I remember doing a live show in shoes where I just did a live thing for a friend and just have it all set up there on the stage. I thought, that looks good. That looks mm. really good. You know, I wouldn't say how it, how it to myself, how it looked good. <laughs> but, you know, the dogs. But, um, you know, I, I thought it looked great. And, and so I do miss that a little bit. But, um, you know, it's just technology moves on. So it it is. Yeah, it does. And, you know, especially when you can, I can see you got a MIDI keyboard there. You can like, I have. plug in your MIDI keyboard and go away. And you can sample sounds from all sorts of... I can. And you can play with it as you're doing it. Like... This thing here, I've got here, the, the P8, the, the Zoom P8 with my podcast mixer. And everybody's going, oh, he's going to talk, start talking about it. I'm not. Like, this is like a, a studio that I carry around with me. Like, that I can yeah, yeah. tune everything into it. And that's before, it. I had a mixer the size of my house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, I've got a uh, bit of kit down there. It's called Nakai Force, which is um, out recently. And that's an all-in-one studio. So that is one, that is basically all that. So all my setup, as I've got here, I keep forgetting we're not on so the Two so keyboards. Two, two keyboards, two monitors, virtual stuff. Tower all, down there on the floor. <laughs> tower, yeah. All my PCs, all this stuff in one box. Yeah. And that is one box with jump pads, effects, everything. So I take that, basically I take that to work and in my lunch hours, I write other tracks and I either mix them down on that or I bring them back, export them into my kit at home and then start on these. So I can actually produce two tracks at a time now rather than just one. So 
And, and you talk about like your influences as being like a prodigy, which is yeah. g- great, by the way. Doing the radio and doing it to both British and American audience is awesome yeah. because I'll, I'll be like, here's Prodigy, I love this song, and I'll play it. <laughs> yeah. And then the American audience are kind of like, what was Who? that idiot? Wise? Yeah. It's weird how we're different. Well, there's a very um, low, sort of quite underground drum and bass scene in America. Yeah. And that's coming up now. And one of the, for, for D&B promo team radio, who's one of the stream... Um, people are doing it for they're based in Canada ah. and they've got a huge uh, not huge they're building but it, I said to them well isn't there much of a scene then they said it's growing it's growing because a lot of the Americans are getting quite fed up with sort of commercial music they want that underground they want that whole that's happening like, an awful lot anyway yes. because I feel like it's manufactured music that's pumped up for the kids at the moment it's kind of like, it's like, what, what is, like that's it yeah yeah um, especially when it comes to hip hop I like I love like 90s gritty grainy hip-hop yeah. we've talked about this before yeah because yeah, yeah. uh, obviously yeah. we there were times at the prison when we worked together we just sit That's and right. talk and we yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. music yeah um and i feel like there are some i feel like the last probably good rapper that probably falls that's probably kendrick lamar run the jewels maybe and then after that you know you kind of got the different kind of sounds manufactured and just messed yeah. around with and yeah pushed around pushed out to the kids and i feel like that you said indie music is going to make yeah, a yeah. huge comeback whether yeah. it's drum and bass where it's indie music is in rock music, I feel like there's going to be a huge push soon. I think we missed the roughness. I think it's that whole, I mean, that was another thing with the rave thing. It wasn't polished. It was like you had the odd loop that wasn't quite cut right, or it wasn't, it was just sort of put together. And it was that, it was that roughness and that edge that gave it something more natural, I suppose. And I suppose that comes with having a kit that wasn't designed to make yeah. it all perfect. Yeah. No, exactly. It was it was almost done on two turntables. A lot of it was done on two turntables. <clears throat> you know, cutting between the two is that sort of thing. So which is which is, you know, takes us on to our our next bit is is you now having access to the whole world and being able to yes. record music yes. because of future developments and be like, Hello, somebody in Alaska, here is yeah. my track. And yeah. play, has that changed how you make music and how you distribute it? It has, yes. Obviously, um, I mean, obviously it has. That was a really obvious question, but no, 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 no. It's fine because I mean, I come from the days of um, demo tapes. So you know, you'd, you'd send it, you'd write some tracks, and you'd send them off on a tape, and you'd post it in a jiffy brag, and you'd and you'd hope that someone might listen to it and, and get back to you. But now with social media, you, you've got a whole new world now where you can actually build up relationships with people, and you can build up with other artists and get in touch with other artists from like you said from other countries worldwide of and build things up and i've had it i've had people come and follow me from other countries and and say oh i quite like your track and oh i like that that's quite good and so it, it does open it up yeah i mean to me social media is quite an alien thing i'm not really used to doing it and i probably i probably refused it for a little bit i was sort of reluctant to do it but then i thought of acceptance and thought well this is the way the world's going if i want to if i want to push forward and do what i want to do with DJ and producing whatever, I've got to take it on board and I've got to do content. I've got to do the odd Instagram pick. I've got to do TikTok stuff. You know, it's, mm. you, you you have to get to a point where you either don't do it and don't get anywhere or you flow with it and just use it to your advantage and do what you want to do. And it's all about, the, you know, there are the hardcore music fans out there that is just about the music. If the music yes. sounds good, they will follow it no matter where it goes. Yes. And, you know, I, I tuned in to, I mean, like, Splash Damage Radio, the the radio station I work with is Steve. I, I feel I feel like there's there's just room there for for people to just connect across that. And he was looking for uh, independent music artists like yourself that can yeah. supply music and stuff. And and I was like, oh well, there's this guy I know, James, who makes his own music, you know. And then they got this. But like, I, I started watching you on Mixcloud. 
um, and um, me and Steve, the, the gaffer from the state radio station, we're both on the same thing. We were like messaging, like, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but there was like this just constant, the, the, the comments are just bam, 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 yeah. bam, bam, from all around the world that's as right. you're doing this. That's I mean, right. that's fantastic. Congratulations on that. Because Thank you. That yeah, it's great. Not easy to do. No, no. And, and, I, and I want to build on it and I want to keep it going. And I think you, um, the world can be quite a fickle place. I think you can you can have your time, and if you don't if you don't keep with it and keep going with it, yeah, you have that little pause where you disappear for a while and come back. You've, it's almost like you're starting again from the beginning. Um, and I think music can be a bit like that. So you have to once that slot once you've got that little snap capture, you know, like if I get played on BBC Introducing or stuff like that, I have to I have to go with it. I have to sort of push push forward on that. So yeah, and you know, speaking about. Um, because you have just been played on, on BBC Introducing, haven't you? Um, oh, oh, did I? Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> Saturday about half past nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually. We need to speak about what happens before then, because obviously yeah. you need to try and make a name for yourself. How do you make a name for yourself? Right. There's so much noise out there with, with YouTube. You type in um, uh, drum and bass yeah. on YouTube and see what happens. Yes. You, you'll get millions and millions and millions of videos. Yes. How do you stand out? What do you do? I, I, I like to try and be different. I like to use it like my name I used to use was Sinister. Um, but that was when I was writing sort of more trancey, hardcore stuff. And when I moved across to drum and bass, I thought, now do I either ride on that and just say, right, I'm going this genre now, or do I start from a completely different name? There was various reasons uh, for me, personal ones as well, for me to start a, like a different name. So I changed it to Bass Phase, which is the name I use now. And I thought I can start from a clean slate. I can say, right, this is what I'm producing now, which I thought was a good way of doing it. Good for social media as well, because I can build it from a clean profile. Yeah. I can do it all new pictures. Because I always think as well, you can look at someone's profile and if the stuff's way old, it's like, well, what they've been doing since. Mm. I thought if I start from scratch, build it up, I can do that. Sound like an inflatable cash, uh, seat with a Tamagotchi in their hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, or, or a, you know, I've got vinyl on the, on the shelf, my two vinyls, but... Um, but Shelves yeah. full of cassettes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I thought you've got to be more, like you said, you know, you've got to be current. You've got to be up yeah. to date. Um, the other thing as well is, I think um, there's a guy I follow called um, Adam Ivey who does a master class. He's an American guy and he's very much into marketing and stuff like that. So he sort of talks about what sort of tags to use. Like you said, you wouldn't use drum and bass, saturated, but you might use something like D&B Radio. Yeah. You might use D&B Shropshire. You might use D&B... England or something like that and you, you've just got to be a bit more specific with the tags and that's what I've sort of learned as well plus I have two teenage daughters and my one daughter is very much into social media and she got me into like TikTok and say well don't you know dad don't use these sort of tags use these ones and think about this so it's, it's amazing how we can do that with the youth of today yeah yeah because yeah. we can learn so much whilst they learn off us yeah it's quite good <laughs> yeah, exactly I'm, I'm going to be taking pictures that's fine, it's fine, it's fine um, and of course uh, the competitions like you you entered a competition which is I did which is yes. why, where we sort of, this this podcast by the way guys has been about six months in the making or something crazy like this. took a while to meet up yeah, yeah. yeah. we got um, there in the end because you did a competition and, and you, I did in November and yeah. you won a very good award didn't you I Talk did about that. yes I was quite surprised I basically um, I work for I say an agency they're sort of like a streaming group called Indulgence with a Twist and it's indulgencewithatwist.com I've got to drop that up there sorry yeah, bit of a clanger then sorry visit them guys um uh, lots of DJs in the drum, bass, techno, and um, well, sort of garage. They do some sort of garage stuff as well. And they did an up and comers competition, and said basically anybody who could sort of um, 
enter could enter, including people they sort of knew about anyway, including me. Um, so I thought, well, I'll give it a go. So I put a mix together. Um, it was about an hour. I had to do an hour-long mix. Um, I then sort of um, thought, it's okay. I'm quite happy with it. Sort of, I'm getting quite a good response on the streams because I stream for them as well. And then we got invited to go down to um, Milton Keynes, where the event was going to be. And they had various DJs playing that night, and then they did the awards. And I won Best D&B Male Artist. Wow. And apparently, from what, um, there was a DJ there called Elisa, who's an Essex uh, garage DJ, and she was hosting. And what she said on the sheet was there was 204 entries for the D&B, male D&B one. So I was quite pleased with that. You but should not a be huge, too. Massive amount, but no, for no, me, no, no, no. Where I'm at, no, you know, no. four or five is still good. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. you're still, be- you're still the best. Yeah, the best. Yeah, and you know, you had to go there with your competition as well. Yeah. You know? And what was that like seeing those other people that you were competing against? Was it, it was really was good. that camaraderie, or was it kind of like I'm going to eat you alive? Well, there was a little bit. I think there was a little bit when when it was being announced. There was a few of us all looking around at each other, going, "Oh yeah, you've entered and you've entered. <laughs> all right, okay, here we go." You know, sort of thing. Um. But when it was announced, everyone was really supportive and everyone was clapping, saying, well done. And a lot of the MCs on the stage were all clapping as well and a lot of the DJs. So it was, there was no sort of, you know, there was sort of like, you just, um, yeah. A bit, you know, there was camaraderie. It's a lot of like, you know, like that's off to you, sort of thing. There's, there's um, so. those things I was trying to catch with the awards summaries where you know Leonardo DiCaprio was like, "Why?" When he doesn't get his award, <laughs> so they're clapping like this, the straight face, the straight face. Doing, mm, that's amazing. That's yeah, thanks. Yeah, I've worked, I've worked hours on that film to try and get that award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it was really good. Yeah, there was definitely a buzz off it, and I felt like I was sort of getting somewhere and doing it, and. You know, I got me, I got me little trophy, which I've got on my kit here. That's yeah, standing there. And I've got I my, my award on the wall behind me. So, um, you know, so if yeah. I have days when things just aren't going right, or I feel a bit, you know, if I'm writing something or things in life, you know, you can just look at that. It makes you feel a bit better and think, right, I'm, I'm get, I feel like I'm getting somewhere. So, and those days do come up often, don't they, for creators? I've, yes. I've, I've, I mean, I had a bit of a wobble last week because of um, issues with. I okay, so here's here's a. Uh, the guys listening to podcast now will be like, oh, he's here he goes again. But I just want to sit in a studio and talk to people. That's all I want to do. I don't want to deal with business stuff. I don't want to deal with this, that, and the <laughs> other. So when somebody says, oh, Alex, we need this from you, I'm kind of like, oh, and I panic a little bit because I don't think about these things. And when they happen, I'm kind of panic a little. Um, and I, when I stumble into a problem, I'm kind of like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and that's not to say I don't want to do the biscuit anymore. I just, I just, uh, I kind of only think about my passion for creating things. Mm. There's no room for anything else. No. And when you're making music and you get all these, any issues, any problems, do you feel similar? Do you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people talk about anxiety and things like that. And yeah, I get anxious. I get, um, I have days when I just don't feel like writing anything, even though I, I know it'll make me feel better. Mm. Just getting up here and standing in front of here, you know, sitting in front of this is it's just not on my radar. And like, and you also have to be in the right mindset to write stuff as well. Because if you've got other things going on in your head, bills, life, family, yes. whatever else, it's a distraction. And then you, you you just you just have to get yourself in the mindset. And it is to do with creativity. It's like that. Sometimes it helps if you, you know, if you want to feel a bit angry you can you can write an angry track because you feel like i'm gonna i'm gonna put this down i'm gonna put maybe not for podcasters be like, i hate the world <laughs> yeah, so, hear yeah. me say this yeah well we well, musicians do it in a music way they just say i hate the world but they do it no. in music form you know sort of thing it does drive you because then you're kind of like well no i'm not that bad it's what i can actually do you know and yeah. I'm, I'm not someone that some of the 
the last two vlogs I created, I thought were beautiful. And I don't usually think that about me and work. I'm kind of like, ugh. Yeah. Mm. But I, I put that, that, that vlog together at the, at Shrewsbury school, looking at the library and stuff. And I was just like, there's parts of it. I was kind of like, I make that. Yeah. And it must be the same with your music. It is. You know, you, it is. I did that and I won this award. You look at that award and you feel... It is. I mean, I probably... sounds really bad now. I'm not sounding like I'm boasting, but I probably had about four or five tracks now played on the Introduce It. But even every time I get a new one played, I'm still like, that's really good. No. I'm really, I'm really happy. You need to, it's really good. There was something I, I used to scoff at. People say, you, know, you need to learn to love yourself. And I'm like, no, that's vain. You can't... No, it's but true. no, you need to... You need to um, be able to, I think. I think there's a fine line between boasting about something you've done in a positive way. I made this. Mm. This is what I'm worth. Yeah. Or like, I am the best, and there's no one. But that's that's a bit too far. Do you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. you've got to be able to say no. Yeah. I have had four or five tracks played on BBC Introducing because yeah. I deserve it. Yeah. There's yeah. a there's a. That's the door. Just bear it. Yeah, it's all right. We can, can you pause it for a second. Yeah, of course. There we go. I created a separate track there. Did you? Okay, Cheers. then. There we go. We're back on. Right. Okay. So, yes. Um, yeah. So, loving yourself, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. I think um, you do need that sort of thing to um, not feel special. Feel like, you know, like you said, love yourself. And and if you don't, you know, nobody else is going to. Do you know what I mean? You've got to have that thing of, of trying to get yourself sorted I think out. It goes back to what we were saying about there being lots of noise out there and lots of like, you know, you can post something in the morning and. Pop, pop, it's gone. Yeah. And that's it. Like, people have only just glanced at what you've done. Sometimes you've got to remind people, no, no, here it is again. Take another look. Because uh, I feel like, you've there's, again, a fine line. Because with doing what I do, you see a lot of fickleness, a lot of terrible yeah. people that just like... And I guess it must be the same in the music world. I, I mean, I've spoken to a few musicians that way. It's very similar where you can be having a conversation. Someone can be like, <laughs> I'm part of a few podcast groups, and maybe somebody like, ah... Oh, I'm about to start a podcast. Can anybody give me any advice on, on microphones? And then there'll be a link, bomb, of somebody's podcast. No, no, like, hi, take a listen to my thing. You might get, just bam, listen yeah. to my show. Bam, yeah. listen to my show. And it's everywhere. Yeah. It's crass. It's disgusting. And that is a terrible thing to do. So don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, it's, I think you've, it's like you've completely ignored... Um, that person, you know, yeah, you've, you, you're not interested. Exactly, it's rude. It's like you're interrupting a conversation. It's, you know, it, it's it is. It's just rude, and you need to respect people. And I've, yeah, I've come across, especially when I used to, I used to MC. So I used to MC for a mate. I used to DJ in the hardcore scene as well. And there was many an MC who had, let's just say, the wrong attitude. And do you think that comes across when when you're trying to build like a fan base, like you know, like mixed cloud, all these comments, bum bum bum. Do you think people are responding to you as a person as well as you as a musician? Yeah, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think that I'm just not. I mean, yeah, I, I think I'd like to sort of build and I don't think I'd ever want to be one of them people that just, you know, if I play a DJ set, it's awkward at the moment, obviously with COVID and everything, but if I played a DJ set, so hopefully I might have a set coming up at the bottom market soon on one of the um, sort of student nights. Mm-hmm. Which would be really good. And, it, and I wouldn't like to think that when I've done the set, someone came up to me and went, oh, that's fantastic. I'd just go, yeah, thanks, walk off. I'd like to think I'd be able, because I've been where they've been. Yeah. And I'd like to think that I'd be able to have a chat with them and say, well, did you really like it? And they'd be like, yeah, great, yeah, fantastic. Mm. And I'd, I'd like to think that I'd always be in that position to do that and respect someone for, because I'd like to always think that I've come from that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of people I'd, I'd met 
not everyone. There were some DJs that were really friendly, and the, the first guy who let me um, MC was really good. A DJ called Unknown, and I literally went up to him and sort of he was DJ, and I sort of went up to him, did some hand signals of can I go on the mic, and he was like thumbs up, put the channel up, and off I went. And and I said to him afterwards, that was the first time I've ever done it, and he was like, it's really good, it's great, really good. He said, and I, and I thanked him for it, but I know there's some other DJs you just you wouldn't even be able to approach unless you were a full on name in the scene, you know. Yeah. You just wouldn't be given that chance to to try and start, and I think that's what people should deserve, and they should be able to do it. So, do you think it's really good to um, surround yourself with people that, not necessarily yes, man, because you need people to say no, this is terrible, go yes, away, do it again. Absolutely. Also, creatives that you can trust. Yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You need you need um, people that will come to you and say, do you know what? That's rubbish. You need to do that, or as in, but say it is rubbish. But if you did this, 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 and this, yeah, you get it right. It'd be right, and then I can go, yeah, that's fine. I get that. Yeah, I'm open to criticism, but I'm not going to turn around and go, I've just wrote the best track ever. I have given feedback on tracks on people online. They've said, oh, listen to this, see what you think. And I've gone, it's really good, but you just need to do, maybe just work on that drum beat or work on that, or maybe just tighten that up a bit or something like that. And they've just gone, yeah, thanks. And you know that you know they're fed up. They're fed up because they just think in their own head, they've come up with the best track ever and they've probably only been doing it six months. Yeah. So the worst, the worst people are graphic designers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll be yeah. like, oh, what do you think of this poster? And you know, Shane Chebsey, um, who uh, who runs uh, Comic Salopia, good mm. friend of ours. Um, uh, you know, I'd be like, I designed this poster for this thing we're doing. How, what do you think? He'd be like, no, the font's wrong. This is bad. This is you've been, and as well as a poster a few weeks ago, Cherie Gerard, who did uh, drawn, um, amazing artist, a good friend of the show. Um, I was doing something with her I designed something. I was like, oh, can I get your opinion on this? And she's like, you've tried to be way too clever with the font there. <laughs> yeah, and you need to you need to simplize it and do this that, and the other. And yeah, do you know what? There is a part of me that goes. Like you know, but they are—they know what they're talking about. They are my peers, so I will go and do what they tell me to. And you know, sometimes it'll—it'll it'll pay off, and I'll learn not to do that again. You know. Well, part of me I've sort of mentioned yet, and I probably have to talk about this now. Was when I started sending off tapes, probably early two thousands. That's where those two records came from on the, the vinyl I've got on my, um, my wall. Oh well. Um, I did actually write stuff for a label called New Energy, and there was um, basically a guy called Sharky. He's a guy called Jonathan Nee. No one called George. No. <laughs> Sharky and George. Come on. <laughs> well, he was an MC in the hardcore scene. Very well, no, very sort of renowned, well-known. Um, brought out albums called Bonkers. Albums that were eight years ago, hardcore albums. They had like cartoony fronts. Um, and I sent a tape off to their label. And I'd also been talking to him on community boards before we had all sort of social media. Got to know him. And uh, I got a call out of the blue. Um... And he was being very comical, and he just and he he joked and um, pretended to be a uh, German adult film director, <laughs> and said, "Would I like to be in his movies?" So I'm like, pick the film up, and I uh, pick the phone up, and I was like, "Who is this? What are you talking about?" And then he goes, "Oh, it, it's Sharky." And I was like, "I was like, hello, sort of thing." He said, "Oh, well, we just listened to your tape. Do you, want, do you want to come down and write some songs or some tracks?" I went, "Yeah, all right." So I came down. I took my keyboard with me and stuff, and. Um, but, but but what the good thing with that was was I had some ideas and some demos which I took down. We put them in into his studio, and then he showed me how to do various things. I had to build these tracks, and I'd say to him, "Well, how do I make that sound that then that's in that song that you released?" And he'd go, "Oh yeah, we, we do this, this, and this." So from that, I learned a lot of stuff as well. I wouldn't have learned just by learning myself. So having those, so there was a guy called Pete as well. who was a guy called K Complex, who was um, I'm good friends with now. And um, they both taught me a lot of stuff, a lot of things, how to build things, what's called a sign wall, where you build up all your signs in layers. 
and then you just move the things around in the song to say, right, well, there's my middle bit, there's my end bit, and there's my start bit. Um, so it's all about le- balancing those levels and EQing them and compressing them and things like that and building all that up as well. And they're things I would never have learned if I hadn't gone there. So I need to thank those guys a lot as well. And also from that, um, we wrote a track called Chemical Warfare, which got released on vinyl, which is on that one there. No, that one there, sorry, left one. Uh, which also went out on the Bonkers album, which was sold worldwide. And that was on there as well. So, And that album went silver in the end. Wow. So, um, wow. Yeah, so it was all right. So obviously I can take the credit for that because obviously that's Sharky's Bonkers album, but, it, but as an inclusive track, it was on the mix. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was... seeing my name on the on the back of it, yeah, it was good. Was that is that like one of your... You know, up there with the yeah. top moments. Yeah, it is. When he, when he, he, I was at work. Is that on the bass phase as well? Was that no, that was sinister. That was sinister. sinister. But when I was, um, I mean, it's probably what, 2001, 2002. But when I, uh, I remember going into, I was working in Birmingham at the time and I remember going into HMV and it was there, it was on the shelf. And I remember looking at the back and seeing produced by Jamie's, J Lock and P. Richardson. And I was like, oh, that's me. That is. <laughs> so it's quite good. They're the best moments, though. Yeah, yeah a little, the, little. Yeah. Let me go back to talking about you know sort of loving yourself and mm. appreciating yourself and what you've done you can look back at those moments and go do you know what no I am worth it do you know what I mean um, and this goes out to all creators out there I'm not just talking about musicians or podcasts I'm talking about if you're an artist or you're a photographer Absolutely. or if you're, you're writing a, a dissertation from university whatever it is you, you, you're capable um, now I, I wanted to talk about something that's really really uh, more of a fun little choky jokey little dig more there's a there's a few scenes in I don't know Family Guy or something where they were like, okay, is a superstar DJ now? What's he gonna do? And he just presses play and he's behind these big block and yeah. he's just stunts there. Uh, misconceptions of a DJ. What actually goes on when a DJ is working working on stage, getting the music going? Is he is he remix? Is he actually making the music he's made on the spot, or is he is he just press play? It's a big area that. Yeah. Um, so yes, you can have. Um, so what you can use, you've either got like like me behind you, we've got the, the the RX2 controller, which is like basically um, two CDJs, as in like the controllers without the CDs and the mixer in the middle. Uh, you plug USB sticks in and you're playing MP3s or WAV files, whatever you want to play off those. Uh, the old days, it used to be vinyl. So it used yeah. to be 1210s. Um, so basically what's going on with the DJs playing, uh, it depends on the genre. If you're playing house... They tend to mix the tracks in um, from the beginning, maybe. Sometimes they just bricks them in. They're gradually more of a 4-4 beat. What you're getting with drum bass at the moment is, and, and, and trance is the same way as house. What you're getting with drum bass at the moment, they're using three decks, and they're doing what's called blending. So what they might do is they might play a bit off that one, a bit off the middle one, and a bit off the one on the right. And, and they will mix and blend these tracks. So even if someone knows a track that they might have downloaded or be playing at home, when they go out to hear it, it might be completely different because the DJ will crossfade and mix the different elements out of them. It's what they call mix and blending. Um, I was at an event on Friday night called Subvert and there was two guys there called the Jam Thieves and they were doing that a lot because they were playing like an intro and then a big thing with D&B is rewind. So they play a track, crowd go wild and because they go wild, even though you've just mixed it in, you stop it, rewind it and play it again. (laughs) Don't get that. Never got that, but it seems to work, right? So... But he played the same intro, but then as it went back into what I thought I'd already heard, he played a completely different bit of the song. Mm. So I was like, okay, that's something I'd not really got my head around yet. I've got to try and sort of do that. So, um, so yeah, you get a lot of, um, how can I say this now? I think there's a lot of celebrities out there that tend to 
plug the stick in, press play. And then jump, and just, dance around. And just dance around great. Mm. Probably got it on. And another thing as well, you get what's called beat syncing, which was where the decks actually do the sync for you. That's a big no-no. Yeah? Yeah. It's a like a, you know, you spit on the floor sort of thing. How dare you do that? You don't do that. That's like, I guess that's like a, not like auto, auto tune gets used a lot of music now, but like yeah. in today people are like, oh. Yeah, it's oh. a similar thing though. It's, it's that similar reputation that you, you should be able to mix yourself and you should be able to do it creatively. And with the decks as well, you haven't just got the, the, the sort of the tunes anymore. You can add effects, you can reverse, you can do what's called a spin back. You can press the slip button, spin it back like a normal vinyl and it'll do the, you know, thing yeah. that you get. So it's all about being creative. It's almost like another instrument. You're not just using it for the decks. You're going to, I mean, I do a, there's a noise thing on it where I'll do like a riser, so you know, like a whoosh sound. Mm. So if you bring the, like you press the, the noise button and bring the filter in slowly, you can almost create like this, and you can bring it into the next track, which I find works really well. So I do that a lot. Yeah. Um, my brother-in-law was listening to it and he was like, oh yeah, I, I, did you do that? And I was like, oh, I'll do that. Press that button. That works. Sometimes you just got to play around with stuff. I mean, yeah. the radio, what, yeah. what I do is um, I, I use like a sample in the background with music. So I'm yeah. talking over the music. Hey guys. That's it. Yeah, welcome yeah, yeah. to the show. Yeah. But sometimes the, the music will run on a bit too long and you can't just stop it. Or even if you fade it out, it looks a bit <laughs> weird. So what I'll do is like, I'll have a sample just underneath it. So I'll press that and it'll be like, and I'll turn that down quickly, turn my mic off, playing the song. That's it. And it just sounds like it just fades in per- perfectly, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's I got that just from playing around. No one taught me that. I taught myself, you know. And it, I, are you finding that that you can just literally teach yourself new techniques and then teach yeah. other, you know, like yeah, by playing around with it. And yeah, I mean, there's um, if we talk about the techniques, but it's also like the, the sound as well that people are coming up with. At the moment, there seems to be one sort of particular sound that's been used a lot, and it's from a synth called Serum, um, which is getting used a lot now. And there's this one as well. Oh, that's it. <laughs> the air horn. That's like it. What was his name? He used to be the DJ on the Radio 1, the hip-hop DJ. What was his name? Oh, Tim. Tim Westwood. Tim Westwood. He yeah. used to use that. Tim thing. Westwood. That's that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I used to love him. Yeah, it was great. He used to use that as well. Yeah. Like air raid sirens. He used to use air raid sirens for everything. Um, Reminds me of uh, Spider-Man. Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. No, no. Sorry, sorry. But, you know, so. Um, so we used to do that, but at the moment I'm finding there's a lot of this, this one synth called Serum, which is used for everything and they're using it for a lot of tracks. So I find myself sort of trying to be a bit more creative and not using that, that synth because yeah. I want to try, I'm probably shooting myself a little bit in the foot because I'm watching crowds like I did on Friday night and they're in sounds and they're like, yeah, it's great. Love it. And I'm thinking, I'm getting a bit bored with that. It's though. too safe. Too samey, too safe. Let's give them something different. So I um, so I did that release and then re- the the track the Ring of the Alarm the one I brought it recently that I did that something different in that. Um, so I'm more about the creativity. I don't look at that and think right. Well, I'm gonna I want to do that too. Yeah. I want to yeah exactly. I thought it was too easy that I want to I want to think right. Well, I can use that and maybe I'll reverse it or maybe I'll chop it up or I'll do or I'll put it through another filter and see what comes out of that. You know, so that comes back to the creative the creativity thing as well. So. Um. And so you've do, you've done all this. You've done a competition. You've you've you've, you've created your own skill set. You've you got great people around you, um, and then all of a sudden you, you get music played on the BBC. How did that come across? Is that is that because of maybe your you've won this award of you know have people gone oh he's won this award he's done all these things we're going to play his music on the BBC? How does that happen? It's actually it's not like that, and I'm quite glad it isn't really because I want it to be based on the music itself. Oh, good. So it literally comes down to write a track, you upload it, and if they think it's good enough, they play it. And it's as simple as that. 
So and if people go nuts for it, people just go, "We found this guy." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and and you know, it's 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 having that following, and um, and it's it's. I mean, they're obviously they get a lot of music every week. Yeah. You know, they're not just there's a lot of artists around Shropshire and Telford, and you know, they're all talented people. I mean, there's a guy called Trademark Blood I know, and he's he's producing some really good stuff, some hip hop stuff, amazing. Loads of other artists as well, indie artists. Um, so you know, so I feel quite humble, really, to sort of be able to get played, and I get played. And it seems to be every track I'm right at the moment they're playing. So there's either really rubbish stuff out there, or um, no, I'm joking. But um, you know, so, <laughs> but you know, or um, but it's doing, it's going well. You know, it's it's going in the right direction. So. It, I mean, like there might be something they play, but just at the. I feel like with with success with music, with success with anything, really, a lot of it comes down to luck. The right person hearing it at the right time. Oh yeah, you know, the airtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, drum and bass gets. To, tend to play in the early hours in the morning or late at night do you know what I mean not many music producers are sat up listening to the radio at that sort of time you nope. know it's um, nope. it must be incredibly difficult to get noticed it is yeah I mean I used to be part of the, the Beat Forum which is what the group is my brother-in-law does and they're mainly house DJs and um, and I used to play a set on there but I felt like um, the audience was good but it gradually began to change but only because it was a genre that they weren't really heading up which I get it's fine Um so I had to sort of leave that and it was all under good terms. It was fine. I just thought I need to get back in, into a drum and bass area where they're doing more promotion and they're doing more sort of things towards that, that genre. But you're right. It is difficult and it's quite a sort of limited genre as well. Mm. Um, whether it has its time or not, I don't know. I th I'd say that dubstep had its time. Garage probably had its time a little bit. You know, it has those little favor and think, oh, it's a brand new thing, but people seem to There was a time when it was just all DJs. It was a David Getter and Avicii and yeah. you know, Bass Hunter and all these Guess kind though. of... Yeah, 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 all these bit at the time. And then, I mean, Avicii was my favorite out of the lot of him. I'm, I'm good. He's gone because yeah. I thought he was... He's had an amazing up. sound. It was. It um, was. Um, so, yeah, these guys got recognized. Um, but yeah, I feel like... I feel like with with what you guys do, it's something that can be adapted into all kinds of music where, and with yeah. all kinds of media. Yeah, you know whether it's a, a car chase scene in a movie, or whether it's an advert, or whether it's uh, the, you know drum and bass is everywhere around us. It, yeah, it, you know, and it seems to be that you know if they were on like um, I don't know if you're on like a, a Peloton advert or jogging anything like that, they they need something that's upbeat. They need some music that's upbeat. They need something like this. You know, I lose track of the amount of car adverts I've seen where the Prodigy have been used. There's a track on that, and you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's always <laughs> stuff being used for like you know if they want an energetic track or where should we go or oh, go to dance music sort of thing and we'll do that. So, but I suppose like every music has its you know you want something atmospheric genre you probably use something like Hans Zimmer or something like that. You know you use uh, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, oh. I love Hans Zimmer. Um, yeah. But you know you, you, it's you you cater the music to the the scene really. So, how do you? Is there a, is something that you take part in or do that kind of inspires you away from music to make music? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I used to quite like drawing, so I used to like do the creativity. That I've always been quite creative. But even if I'm out somewhere, I'll be doing, I don't know, I'll be, it's hard to explain. I don't know, really. Anything that comes along, I'll suddenly get an idea in my head for a track and I'll suddenly think, my brain is always like going 100 mile an hour. It always is. Um, my wife will say that. My wife will say, I'm humming around the house. I'll be doing stuff and I'll be talking. But as I'm talking, I'm humming. Because I'm thinking always about another track and I'm thinking about a riff or I'm thinking about something like that. And I think... Oh, that works. Oh, that was quite well. Or oh, maybe I could do that. And so there's always, I wouldn't say there's anything exactly that inspires me. I mean, sometimes there is, but generally it's just, there's always something going around my head. There's always some kind of track. It always comes back to the music. Always comes back to the music all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it, it's funny how being, I, I keep calling myself a creative in, in a way that 
when I say I'm, I'm creative, I'm not comparing myself to movie makers like Luke Allen and Gareth Thomas, like musicians like yourself or people that actually have like, you know, vocations and something brilliant. I mean, I do make stuff in my own little way, but the moment I'm trying to put it to good use, I'm recording a voice reel hopefully next week. So I can send it out for yeah, auditions. Yeah, yeah. And that is on my mind a lot. And I'm doing stupid things like, I don't know, arguing with the soap in the shower or something. I'll drop the soap and, <laughs> and, and I'll be like, oh, you're a wise guy, huh? You know, stupid little things. And my wife's just, well, I could feel her rolling her eyes and she's not in the bathroom with me, you know. And I find myself walking around and I've got that focus, voice real, voices, yeah. messing around, doing stuff. Or with the, I, I remember um, when I was making all these vlogs for the Darwin Festival, what I did was for the first one, I put it all onto the editor uh, and then I went uh, went to bed and it was in a certain arrangement and I got up and I was like, no, I had to get up and go and arrange it and put it in the way that I just thought about in bed because otherwise it would have been gone and I, I couldn't have slept. No way. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing I have to go and do. I've had times when I've been out or um, <laughs> I've had to get me, get the dictaphone on my phone and I'll think of a riff and I'll hum the riff in the phone. I'll go like, da, 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 or something like that. And I'll do it in the phone because I don't want to forget it. And then I'll come back here and I'll play it back and I'll go, oh yeah, so that'll be, and I'll start trying to type it out on the keyboard and doing it. But I drive, I drive Rach, my wife, mad because I'd be like humming away. She goes, why are you humming again? I'm like, I'm just humming, just humming, thinking of what, you know, next thing coming along sort of thing. So oh, I, I forget how many, uh, you know, club bangers I've actually created in the shower that I've just forgotten about. <laughs> yeah. Next number one. Yeah. Have you ever been commissioned to make music for people or is that on the cards? Or is I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping it. I've got a guy in, one of the guys from the, the Canada lot, he wants me to write him an intro. So I'm going to be doing that um, soon. Um, I'm hoping for other stuff in the future, yeah, some um, remixes. I mean, see what comes along really sort of thing so yeah and obviously like this this has all come from the 90s rave scene um, yes. and it's it's expanded yeah. all the way through here um and i think it's really important to stay current obviously we've just been talking about new, new advancements in equipment and new new trends in music with the, the new yeah. samples that you were talking about and yeah. you know um, how do you stay current how do you keep in touch with what's the the music of today or does it not matter because you need to make music of yesteryear that fits in how does that work no it does matter um you can take elements from old songs. There's a lot of um, I've done that that thing, you know, like bootlegging my, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I've listened. I've, yeah, exactly, bootlegging. I've listened to my daughter's played me track. Yeah, you know, my my um, middle daughter, she's quite into her music, and well, my other my eldest daughter is as well. Um, and they play tracks in the car, like when I've seen them on a Wednesday or Saturday night, and they've gone. I've gone. Hang on a minute, that's that's that loop from the nineties, and they've gone. Oh no, it's a new track. I'm like, no, it isn't. That's you know, it's been sampled. <laughs> so I think. Um, Stay on current is the fact that you have to you have to keep up what's going on. At the end of the day, you've you're playing to a crowd, you're you've, you're playing to an audience. If you don't write stuff the audience don't like, you know, then you're not really getting it anywhere. But on the other hand, you've also got to keep um, keep true to yourself. That sounds really corny saying that, but you've got to be true to yourself as well and what you want to write. But you've got to keep you've got to keep a balance. You've got to have that balance. It's no good writing something really obscure that people are going to go, I'm not really sure what that's about, sort of thing. Mm. But on the other hand, you don't want to be too commercial either. Like I was talking about, you know, that, that they're using the same sound all the time for that track. To me, it's a bit not selling out. I don't mean selling out. It just means too commercial. Just be more, more creative, play around with yeah. it a bit. Yeah. And that's uh, something that comes up very often when it comes to creative. So I was chatting to um, a movie maker at, at the weekend um, and he was, he was only a young guy and he was saying to me, um, makes, make, I make movies that I would want to watch. And when I started doing the radio, um, Matt Connaughton, um, 
is a radio host up in, in New Hampshire in America. I just happened to start listening to it. I, don't know. I asked him, I was like, I came on the show, I came on the show and um, I was chatting away. I was like, well, what, what advice have you got for me for the radio? And he's like, he makes a radio show he would want to listen to. And that's how I make Naughty Talk. And same with music. You make something, I imagine, that you would like you would like to listen to. And that was, that your passion's come through from that, would you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, because I have to think about sort of the elements I'd like to hear. and Oh, that sounds busting. I can yeah, just exactly. imagine it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I always do it on the whole, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck. If, yeah. you, if you get that hairs on the back of your neck, like I'll write a song, I'll make a sound and I'll and I'll go, oh, and straight away I'll think, that's good. But then in my head I'll be picturing that through um, like a big club system or something like that and thinking, you used to well, do it in cars, the right? In the old hip-hop scene, they yeah. go and play music in a car if that's it's something it. great, they bring yeah, it back absolutely, up. That's yeah. perfect, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, because you've got so many... You know, the internet of things are caught now, don't they, with all the different devices like your iPads, your mobiles, your, yeah. a lot of them haven't got great sound systems. Um, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll write a stereo track and you have to be careful because when you do stereo tracks, if you widen the channels too much to the left and the right, because if they're played through a mono speaker on a phone, those those elements disappear. So you almost end up with half a track playing. So when, you, yeah. so when you're writing stuff now and mixing down, you almost have to have different versions for different, you have to have like a club version which has got like a proper kicking bass on it. Mm. But if you played that on a phone, it would distort. So you have to do like a phone version. So you have to do one where you've squashed everything back towards the centre so it all plays. This is where uh, it's podcast and radio as well kind of meets. Because I can release, this is a mono now and you wouldn't know any difference because like you said, you listen to your phone or your headphones exactly. through your phone and it wouldn't make exactly. a difference. Um, but with the radio, everything's stereo on radio. It's got it. So Correct. like if I was to do this, uh, you know, on the radio and release this as a mono, you'd only hear it for your left headphone. Correct. And that's where it's all completely different. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's really so interesting. So there is there is a lot of thought about that as well. Mm. You know, um, a lot of the the plugins I've got for my kit, I can play stuff in mono as well as stereo, so I can play it back. And there's even a, a simulator to say like, um, I want to um, test it what it sounds like through a mobile. So you switch the mobile on, and it'll play it as if it's through. So it'll play it through these speakers, these monitors, but it'll it'll mimic a phone or something like that. I need to get some monitors. JBLs recommended. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. JBL fives. Great. I, I do like JBL's equipment. They got yeah. they make good headphones too. They do, they're great. Um leading on to my one of my final questions for you is mm. um a young DJ is listening to this now, maybe, possibly. If you listen to the shoes of biscuit and you're under you're under thirty, thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. They're listening to it, they want to start what what basic equipment do they need to buy? Um this is gonna be hard because you can No, 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 it's fine. Um I would say start off with something called Ableton Live. Um, I use Reason. Reason's good, but it's quite expensive on the license no, side of things. Software, is it? Software, yeah. yeah. So let's just, sorry. Um, so so basically, a piece of um, music software. It's what they call a DAW. So it's a digital audio workstation. DAW, yeah. Yeah, DAW. So um, you can buy um, Ableton, quite a li uh, cheap license. You can buy the light version, which I think gives you something like eight channels. Well, Mix start off. as well, because I use Mix. Mix, yeah. Mix is good. Um, there's a lot of free synths out there now, what they call VSTs. A lot of free synth plugins that you can buy or download. A magazine called Computer Music. They give away a lot of stuff free, so you can build. Um, and they even do articles on, um, you know, how to build... Um, Tracks for free, you know, use lose all free software. So it doesn't cost you anything, especially if you're, if you're young and you're starting off and money's not great, you know, you, it's all right. Um, regarding DJing, um, again, you can use something called Recordbox, which is what I use for doing playlists and playing stuff out. You can do mixing on that. And then you can buy a relatively small controller um, for a few hundred quid. So, um, so get you going, get you started, and you can practice your mixing on that. So, yeah, producing, I'd say use Ableton uh, and get some few... Uh, few free synths 
hard to say that. Off the net. And and then for like I said, producing record box and a controller. And a controller. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been looking at, <laughs> stuffed as it sounds, I was looking at a controller just from the radio thing. Because I, I, it is literally, I'm there with a mouse, like click, next song, like click, yep. That, yeah. And then I feel, with, with the fading in stuff, you know, when I was talking about like from one sample to another, I think yeah. it would be so much easier for me to just flip from one. But if I had an actual button rather than a mouse, I have to click, I feel like yeah. it would work so much better. So I was looking at that. But that thing you got behind you is way too big for my desk. It would not, <laughs> it would not fit. Well, that's the little one because my, bro- my brother in law's got the bigger one. That's actually the smaller brother of the bigger one. So you get that was called the RX. Dave and Benny showed me one. I think theirs is probably a bit bigger. Yeah, an XZ. It's probably an XZ with the four channels. Yeah. That's what my brother in law's yeah. got. So, but it's not Same the thing. size, it's how it sounds, guys. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> It's not about the funny desk or not. No, no. I've, I've told him that many a time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you and you and Dave go back years. There's a picture oh, of, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, uh, of you guys together, wasn't it? Princey, oh yeah. Have you not yeah. seen the have you seen the symbol one? Have we get him to show the symbol picture? No. There's me at school there's me over at school, me and Dave Prince, and um basically we were in this orchestra doing stuff like you know, like you do in junior school, and I had a little wood block. And he had a pair of cymbals. And if you know Dave well, you know, he's not the quietest of guys, no. is he? No, right. So He is until you put a microphone in his face and he's kind of like, yes. Yeah, see, that's not, no, see, that's, uh, yeah, many stories. And I know he's not like that in real life. No, he's not like that at all. No. So he's got this symbol behind you. So you've got two symbols. So basically, there's all these parents watching, all proud of their, proud of their kids. And I used to know his mum and dad as well. And um, so I'm knocking this, this, this block at the right time going, ding. And he's got these massive symbols. So I'm going, ding. And he's going, with these symbols and pretty much deafening everybody and I'm going ding and he's going and then we had the we had the parents in hysterics apparently and it was one of the funniest things in the show I don't remember that well but my mum and dad had a picture I think I've got it somewhere of me and him together yeah are you guys going to be working together 90s revival bass bit of bass I'd love to I'd love to I'd love to do a a set like an old school set they've got their festival coming up in June haven't they yeah 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 I think Paul's Bennett's son, I think Luke, he's, I think he's getting into his drum and bass from what I heard. Sort of thing, I saw so. the video on Facebook. Was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, he's going yeah. for it, he's yeah, going for it, he's going for it. Funnily enough, he was at the event on Friday. I saw him, he didn't recognise me, but um, I saw him there sort of thing. So um, yeah, I'd love to do something if they want to do something in the future. I've got um, I've got an old school set coming up for the Beat Forum, I think in Starbridge sometime soon, but no official date on that yet. So, But yeah, it's all good stuff. It's all happening. It's all good. It's all good. It's all going the right way. Where can people follow you if you wanted to? Right. Okay. So on Facebook under Bass Phase, which is B A. A-S-S-P-H-A-Z-E. Uh, Instagram, Bass Phase UK. Uh, and Mixcloud is probably a good one. If everyone's got Mixcloud, look for Bass Phase. And all my streams from previous shows are on there. So people can catch up on there. Uh, I've also got a website called BassPhase.com. Uh, and just search for Bass Phase on the line. You'll see it. There is a guy in Germany, but you'll look for the UK one. That'll be me. Do you do regular streams weekly? I do do regular streams. I do a, a Friday stream, 7 to 8, on IndulgenceWithATwist.com. Uh, many other good DJs on there people can follow um, check it out and follow it on Mixcloud or Facebook and I also do DMB Promo Team Radio on a Saturday night between 8 and 9 which is the Canada based ones but they also go across the UK fantastic well James you know I always enjoy, I always enjoy chatting to you and now I'm not doing so Great much stuff. in prison because I'm so busy it's, this is uh, like a bonus bit of time to spend with you but Actually, I've enjoyed it it's really good and uh, you know you got you got to support the, the biscuit I, I, I caught this idea of um following you around with a camera because um, it's just one of the, can I come? That, that's not what I meant. What I meant was like with the misconceptions of, of, of a DJ, yeah. people think a DJ just turns up, presses play and goes home with a bird. You know what I mean? That's not like, that's kind of like, that's not the life <laughs> of a DJ. That's a misconception. No, there's lots of hard work. 
you're a happily married guy. I am a happily married uh, guy, and, yes. and you you work hard. Like, I have to that, say that she's in the next room. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was watching um, a, a DJ, my friend. Uh, it's not my friend. He's Matt Connerton, who does the radio show. is yep. is, is a friend of his. So uh, Christian, he's just started. I'm I'm really interested in watching his journey because he started his, his journey in New Hampshire, in America. DJ Reckless, and he's and you can see him like appearing in different posters, and, and he's gradually like he's like now that starting opening in front, and he's kind of going up and up and up yeah. and up. Yeah, and he's this young guy. He's only 21, I think. And so watching his progression, I'm kind of, kind of like, oh, this is nice to see. Today. Well, I can go one better than that. Yeah. There's a guy who, when we went to Milton Keynes, I say guy, he's 13. 13? Yep. He's called iBot. So just find him online, Oliver, his name is. He's called iBot. And we met him. Me and my wife met him. And he's had four tracks out, uh, doing really well, signed to two different labels, big labels. And if anyone knows Ray Keith is, he's quite a known sort of godfather of drum and bass. He's also working with him. And he's 13. And he's, he's still at school. So he's... Um, any little, you know, he's talk about budding DJs, go and follow him because he's he's definitely doing the right thing at the moment. So go and follow iBot. iBot, yeah. iBot. Well, James, thank you very much for, for chatting Pleasure. with me today. Very um, good. Listeners, I would do my usual plugs at the end of this. Um, make sure you follow, go to our website, uh, which is the shrewsbybiscuitpodcast.co.uk. All of our content is available on there. You can literally press play on the website and it'll play it for you that's if you don't want to listen via iTunes Spotify um, Podbean wherever you get your podcasts from we're, we're everywhere and also YouTube as well we don't we haven't really been using using YouTube another word different ones <laughs> um, but we are starting to release vlogs and stuff from there so even if you're not going to watch a vlog right now please just go over to YouTube give us a subscribe because uh, anything that pops up you'll then get a notification so. can I just say if anyone wants to message me or anything about any advice um, tips techniques anything like that they want or anything I can help with um, um, just message me by all means that's fine Fantastic. or email me at contact at basephase.com and they'll be able to you know if it's a student thing but maybe bottom market you might be able to see you again of course again yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'll say hello to anyone yeah say hello to me no right. problem. Well, um, guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, and uh, oh, by the way, yeah, our website is made by uh, Web Orchard as well. I shouldn't just throw that. <laughs> if you need a website, go to Web Orchard. They'll make a website that uh, for anything, whether you've got a DJ site, whether you've got Etsy, whether you've got an online store that you know across the world somewhere, um, Web Orchard will sort out for you. They do look after us. They look after our Shrewsbury Biscuit page and my page for You Suck as well, and my other podcast network. So we've forgot. We've forgotten something. Oh, I forgot. Do you know what I forgot? I forgot. The exclusive Shoes with Biscuit DMB mix on Mixed we You we, only connect to know about it if you listen to this. Yeah, yes. Uh, we are going to do a mix. Uh, what I want off it. I think James is going to show me how, how to mix. And um, <laughs> what I can do is I can put the link on the bottom of this podcast yes. right yeah, up. A, it's too long to write message it, but we'll put it on there. Yeah, we'll put it on after. As you're looking at this now, um, there is a link. Um, somewhere on the text on the write up for this podcast click the link and you will see the Shrewsbury Biscuit one off base phase po- yeah DMB base phase, base phase mix yes it's, it's exclusive not public so it's only on there it's only on there so we, 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 you can't do us for any copyright reasons it's only private just for you guys <laughs> it's mixed cloud to get royalties it's fine you can do it through mixed cloud click the link guys and you'll be able to listen to the, the link right now Thank you, for James, for for, Pleasure. for this. And uh, hopefully you enjoy the, whatever music, sweet, sweet music we make together. And uh, I'll, I'll catch you next time. Peace out.